This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Our text for this whole 12-part series has been uh, John 14. There it is. And I'll pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I love the fact that Jesus said, I will give you another helper. And that word another means one of the same kind. When he talked to his disciples and he said, I'm leaving, guys, and they were so distraught. Can you imagine walking with Jesus for three, three and a half years, and then he said he's leaving, and you're thinking, well, if you leave, what's going to happen to us? He said, I'm not going to leave you by yourself. I'm going to give you another helper, another of the same kind. And so we have, we have a helper. Thank, aren't you glad we have help? And so that's been our, our theme for this Holy Spirit and his help. We've been talking about uh, the benefits of being baptized with the Holy Spirit or filled with the Holy Spirit. So we made a distinction. Uh, scriptures make a distinction between being born of the Spirit and having the Spirit indwelling us, which happens at the new birth. And one is born of the Spirit, Jesus said. It talks about the fact that the Holy Spirit dwells in us. We don't have the Spirit of Christ. We're not his. And so if you've been born again, the Holy Spirit does live within you. But there's a different dimension of the Holy Spirit, and that dimension is the Holy Spirit upon. So we talked about the word baptism, which means immersed, immersed in the Holy Spirit. If I have a bottle of water up here, which I do, I can drink this water, and the water goes in me. I can also take this water and pour it all over my head. I'm not going to do that, but, but I could do that, and you would say that's water on me. People don't say, you know what, I only believe in drinking water, Alan. I don't believe in being bathed in water. I just don't believe that. I, I hope you'll change that perspective because your hygiene will pick up immediately because water in and water upon, but the Holy Spirit within us and then the Holy Spirit upon us. We begin to talk about some of the benefits, and we went into last week some of the benefits of being baptized or, or filled with the Holy Spirit. And by the way, it is a benefit. It's a benefit. We have benefits here if you come to work for us on our staff. We give you a benefit package. We can show you all the benefits that we have, and you can look at us and go, don't want them. And we're not going to force you to take them. Right? You got offered a benefit package. And as a church, we're able to provide health insurance. And years ago, someone helped us set up a retirement plan. I think just because you work for a church doesn't mean you have to go without and live, on the, live horribly. Should have gotten at least one or two amens from some of you out, out of there. At, at least I should have heard from the staff on that. Uh, and so we, we have a benefits plan, but we don't force you to do it. I mean, we, we got that 40, I think it's a 403 something. We tell you, hey, you can get involved in it. You don't have to. We have health insurance. You can get involved in it. You don't have to. The benefits of being filled with the Spirit. You don't have to be filled with the Spirit. I mean, you don't have to. It's an option. Now, you want to be born of the Spirit. That's, you do realize that's the most important thing, right? Being born again is the most important thing. That, bar none. That, that's, that's, we go the mat on that. You know, I, I don't believe in being born again, Alan. I'll, let me see if I can talk you out of that, because that, that is key. And you might say, Alan, I don't believe in being filled with the Spirit. I'm not going to argue with you on that. But it is a benefit. Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I'm always an advocate for more power. I like it in my car. 
Some of you guys should at least say amen on that. I mean, you never hear a guy go, can I get less power in that vehicle? Uh, no, we usually want more. I, I, I like more power there. I want more power in my lawnmower. I want more power in my weed eater. I, I want more power. And so if, if God said, hey, I got more power for you, I'm a candidate. I'm in. I, you ever watch some of these, uh, some of these, these ads they have, especially the medical ads, where they, they, they tell you about all the things that they will get rid of. You have this disease or that disease. You can take these medications, and it will knock it out. And then... And then they tell you the other side. I mean, so you ever looked at some of the other side? I'm like, why do I want dizziness, diarrhea, and severe cramping? I, I don't understand. So you look at the medication, you think, I don't want that. Or, or you may be thinking, man, I have to have that, but it's got a downside. Hey, here's the good news. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit, there's absolutely no downside to it. There's no, there's no little... There's, there, there's no little hidden things like the Lord said, oh, but by the way, it will make you weird. It will not make you weird. Everyone, you say, I know people who are filled with the Holy Spirit and they're weird. I'm, I'm going to say this again and again. They were weird before they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they're just finding someone to blame. So let's, I've said it, you know, this actually just came out of me. This, during this series, I've never said it before. You haven't had a bad experience with the Holy Spirit. You may have had a bad experience with people who claim to be led by him. But he's, he's good, nothing but good. So we talked about empowered to be a witness. We talked about praying in the Spirit, which is praying in other tongues, that it builds us up spiritually. It, and the word there is almost the word for charging. It's like it charges a battery. The benefit of praying in the Spirit is it's speaking directly to God in prayer, directly to Him, no one else. It's help praying in line with the will of God. Oftentimes, we don't know everything to pray for as we should. In fact, we do know we're limited. And this is one of the huge benefits I've told people over and over again. What the Holy Spirit has helped me with and helped Joy with more than anything else, hands down, the thing that has blessed our lives is it has blessed our prayer life and has given us the ability to pray beyond our understanding. You know, our understanding is limited. You can pray just so you're praying maybe for a loved one and you're praying for, for someone that you care about. You know they're going through something. And you can pray just, just so much and then you kind of run out of, of information. But I'm very glad that the unlimited one lives in me and he can help us pray. And that is, that is such a huge benefit. If you've been around this church for a long time, you know we're not very demonstrative. We're, we're a pretty conservative church. There's, people aren't running around shaking tambourines with banners, and there's no snakes and bags anywhere around here. I do come from the, I hate to admit it, but I do come from the part of the country that, that actually still has the, the people who pick up rattlesnakes and stuff. <laughs> that is never happening here. <laughs> I can't tell you how much I hate snakes, and I, you know, and I, someone, they, some, some crazy legalistic people got ahead. He said, Alan, it's not nice to call them crazy. Okay, highly misinformed and deluded people <laughs> got a hold of the idea that, you, that to show their faith, they would actually pick up poisonous snakes. Do you, I, I realize this is news for some of you. Yeah, it's, I hate to admit it from North Carolina, my part of the country, where I used to be from. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a citizen now, Texas. Um, <laughs> 
I've lived here long enough now that I'm naturalized, but uh, they, they would actually pick up snakes. And it's like, what? that's weird and, uh, and dangerous <laughs> because periodically they die. <laughs> You'd think that would stop that whole movement there, but uh, anyway. Oh, quick story. Want to hear a story? One of the missionaries that we support is named Daniel Matai. Daniel Matai went, uh, he actually escaped from Romania when it was communist and uh, swam, the, swam the Danube River and got out. Came to America, didn't know anybody, wound up at Lakewood Church. And Pastor Osteen and, and the church families kind of adopted him and his wife and he stayed around there for years. I got to know him there. And uh, Daniel began to preach. He's got a very apostolic ministry. And he went up and 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 preached, and they, he got invited to preach way up in the mountains of North Carolina. He didn't know anything about it, he just went. And when he went, he said, uh, he, he was in this church, he said it was a weird church. He said, just, you could just tell it was just strange. And he said, he's right in the middle of preaching. He said, and a woman comes down and picks up this huge, looks like a, a, a mountain rattler, rattlesnake. And she said, you're no man of God, she said, if you're a man of God, you pick up the serpent. And Daniel said, this was not, they don't teach you this in Bible school. <laughs> and he said, just all of a sudden, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit struck him. He looked at that saying, he said, I command that snake to die in Jesus' name. And the snake died right in the lady's hand. And she runs out the door and the pastor runs out with him, <laughs> with her, and Daniel said, and then they had church. <laughs> so, Alan, have you ever had experiences like that? No, and I hope I don't get the opportunity to have. Whew, man. But, no snakes here. Okay. Stimulates, praying in the Spirit stimulates our faith. Jude said, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So it stimulates your faith. Uh, you know, it takes a level of faith, not just to, to begin to, to speak. The Holy Spirit will give you the utterance and you have to speak it, but then to continue to do it. And, and I encourage you, if for those of you, because many of you have been filled recently, if you have been filled, continue to pray in the Spirit. It's not a one-time experience. You can continue to do that. And you say, well, I, I don't understand what I'm saying. Well, yeah, exactly, but you're speaking to God. You're speaking directly to him. And just keep, it, it takes a level of faith, but keep doing it. It also reminds us of the Holy Spirit's presence, that he's in us. And the last one is it's very, very helpful in receiving guidance. The Bible said the spirit of, the man, is, it, spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. And so uh, when, the, when the Lord speaks to us, he doesn't speak through goosebumps or or our feelings, he, he speaks to us in that still small voice a lot of times, or a witness of the Spirit. That's a whole nother, that's a series, but it's a witness of the Spirit. It's not a flaming scrolls, not typically angels, it's just a witness. You, sometimes the world calls it a hunch, and you get a, mm, you just get a sensing. And so you become more sensitive to that as you begin to pray in the Spirit, and we talked about, I do it a lot. Now, let me go over some things, too, that sometimes are misconceptions and I just want to help people with because this is all good. People say, well, if I come down and ask to receive the Holy Spirit, would I receive a wrong spirit? And that, that's a, a question I've had people ask before. So let's just look at, look at that. 
Uh, the answer to that is no. Luke 11th chapter, verse 9 through 13. So Jesus is speaking. He said, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. You catch that? Everyone who asks receives. You don't have to come and beg. You just have to ask and then receive. He who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So when you come and ask for the Holy Spirit, people say, I'm afraid I'm going to get a wrong spirit. You're not going to get a wrong spirit. And so that's, that's not going to happen. Again, the enemy tries to, to, to take things and distort them, and that's a lie from the enemy. That's why you have to have scriptures to overcome lies. Well, I've been taught this. Well, you've got to go with scripture. You know, regardless of what we've been taught, and I appreciate it, people who've taught in our lives and, and spoken into our lives, but I don't care who says it, including me or including my wife, you always have the right to challenge it with scripture. And that's one of the best ways you can keep from being deceived. What do the scriptures say? We have a saying around here, don't get mad, get scripture. Just look for scripture. And that's one of the best ways to do it. So you're not going to receive anything bad. And you notice Jesus' perspective when he said, this is very positive. He said, if you, if you're, if you as a father are not going to give bad things to your kids, how much more will your heavenly father? Here's the next one. And I think this is a, this is a biggie right here. Uh, you have to understand this, guys. You are worthy to receive the Holy Spirit. You are worthy. You say, well, uh, you don't know. Well, again, let's look at the scripture. They asked uh, on the day of Pentecost in, in Acts the second chapter, they were asking Peter, what do we do? Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So these were people who had spilled out of the upper room. They were talking. They said, well, what, how, how does this work? This is what I think one of the biggest tools of the enemy is to keep people under that, that condemnation and, and that sense of I'm not worthy or that sense of I'm not a good enough Christian. And that doesn't just apply to the Holy Spirit. It applies to so many other areas. You go to pray and that thought comes, well, why would God listen to you? You're not as good as so-and-so. You're not as, you know, you're, you're no way near as holy as joy. Joy. I had a man told me one time, he said, hey, he said, my cancer has come back. He said, I'm coming tonight for prayer. I said, I said, great, man, I'll pray for you. He said, no, 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 not you. <laughs> he said, I want the A team. He said, he said, I want Joy and Janet, not you. He said, I want the first team. Well, I, I, I went ahead and let the A-team pray for him. But how many of you know, with God, there's no A-team, B-team, C-team, J-V, and there's nothing, nothing. Because it, it was not our righteousness that, that, that bought us this anyway. It was his. And when you made Jesus your Lord, here's the good news. In God's sight, you are just as righteous and as holy as joy. Now, some of you are choking on that. You're like, I don't know. I don't know. Now, remember what we're talking? We're talking spiritually here. Spiritually, when you make Jesus your Lord, we, we get his righteousness, not ours. Right? And so 
A lot of times people say, well, you know, Alan, I'm, I'm just not worthy enough. I, I need to get everything in my life straightened out. I need to do it. Listen, I'm, I'm going to give you a verse that you can get things straightened out real quick. First, first John 1, 9. I know this verse well, but I'll read it to you. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins... It doesn't say if we, if we do a, a lot of, of, of penance. It doesn't say if we have to get perfect. Listen, if you've missed it, don't withhold the, the, the blessings of God. Don't withhold that from yourself. God wants to bless you, but a lot of times we're coming to God going, I don't deserve it, I don't deserve it. Of course you don't deserve it. None of us deserved it, but Jesus bought it for us, gave it to us, and so we're not coming on the basis of whether we deserve it or not. You say, well, Alan, I've, I've missed it. I've, I've, I've made mistakes. <laughs> Join the club. Join the club. Because if you look around right now, there's not a one of us in here who's, I don't care how long you've been a believer. Here's Gail and Gail on the front row. They've been, they've been Christians a long time. Have you ever missed it? Yeah. Gail said from five years old, which was just a few years ago, I'm sure. But uh, listen, all of us have. But don't stop. Don't stop pursuing God just because you've missed it. Get up, brush yourself off, ask the Lord to forgive you, get cleansed of your unrighteousness, and get back in the game. And just say, Lord, thank you. I will tell you something about the Lord. I, I, I look at Joyce sometimes and go, I'm going to tell you, the Lord is more merciful than we are. You know, David, David one time messed up really bad, and the prophet went to him and said, okay, pick your punishment. He said, you can fall into the hands of your enemies for three months, or you can fall into the hands of God for three days. You know, you know what David said? He said, oh, give me God. He said, I do not want to fall into the hands of my enemies. He believed God was so much better than his enemies. He said, Ben, I'll, I'll take it from God. Well, thank God we don't have to have that because that punishment was laid on Jesus. So we're not having to come pick our punishment. We can come and get rid of our sins. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that means he forgives us and he doesn't hold it against us. Now, some of you grew up in a family where you could ask for forgiveness and they would forgive you. But we may or may not talk to you for a while. And then you get the cold shoulder for a while. Now, I won't ask for a show of hands. But what happens is oftentimes people will take that perspective and they'll bring it over to God. And they'll go, Lord, I ask you to forgive me and, and, and then you'll hear them say things like, I, I just don't feel forgiven. Well, a lot of times, it's not, the, it's not that, that's not God. That's you still condemning your own self. Because the Bible said if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So don't, don't go, well, Lord, I'm, I'm just not worthy. No, thank you. Say, Lord, thank you. Jesus' blood has made me worthy and I'm clean. Here's the next one. People would say, well, you know what? It, it's, it's better to speak five words with my understanding than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. There's a truth to that, but you have to take that in context. When Paul was writing to the Corinthian church, 
he was writing to the Corinthian church to correct them because they were making mistakes in how they used tongues. Joy invited a, a lady one time without my knowledge. We were in Bible school and she invited a lady to live with us for a while. This was early in our marriage. We'd been married like a few months. And she walked up to me. She said, this is so-and-so and she didn't have a place to live and so I invited her to live with us. I went, oh, okay. This, this was a, a, she's in heaven now. We'll talk about this later, but she was very unusual. <laughs> very unusual. And she would, she would walk through. I had to go with her sometimes to Joy we working, and I, we had different work schedules, and so I went with her to the, to the grocery store. She wore her bathing suit with her, leopard print cover-up to the bait, to the, and she would pray loudly in tongues over the fruit. The Lord said, this is the one. The Lord said, that's the one. The Lord, I'm about to crawl under the floor, man. I'm like, you, you ain't right. This ain't right. That, that is completely out of context. Finally, th this went on for about three weeks. And finally, we went one time to get Joy. She wanted a dove for her birthday. We still have a dove. Those birds don't die. Uh, <laughs> but we went to get a dove, and this lady goes with me to get the dove. And uh, she's praying loudly in tongues while we're in the store, and she said, this is the cage the Lord said to get for the dove. And I said, uh, the bird won't fit in that cage. <laughs> she didn't miss a beat. She said, okay, the Lord said that cage will work too. <laughs> I said, we're done. We're, we're out. And so we, we helped her find another place to reside. And, and, and Joy and I came up with a standard rule. Ain't nobody coming in the house. <laughs> Unless they got a last name Clayton on. I mean, it is new. Not a good experience. Tongues out of context. Well, the Corinthian church is doing pretty much the same thing. They would stand up in the middle of church service and somebody would stand up and maybe stand and then, and then speak in tongues. And then sit down. And Paul's like, what? That didn't help anybody. So let's look, let's look what he said, 1 Corinthians 14. So he's writing, the Corinthian church, you have the Corinthian, was, Corinth was like, like Las Vegas. It was a wild town. And so you had people coming out of this, some wild heathen, they didn't come from First Pres and, and First Baptist. They came from First Temple of the crazy, wild, perverted heathen into the church. They brought some wild stuff in. So Paul's having to correct this group because they were spirit, they loved spiritual things, but they like they used it wrong. Look what it says here. He said, "If I pray in the tongue, my spirit prays." This is Paul speaking. He said, "But my understanding is unfruitful." What's the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will I will pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. Stop right there. Just leave it up there. You notice he said, "I will." So once you're filled with the spirit, whether you choose to speak with other tongues or sing in other tongues, your choice. You don't have to wait for a, 
Holy Spirit to move on you. You don't have to wait to get emotional. You can just begin to pray. Man, I pray in the Spirit, in the shower, sing in the shower. Especially when you don't know the words, it's wonderful. You can just sing in the Spirit and just go along. He said, but, but it's your choice. Your choice. You don't have to wait for the Holy Spirit to move on you. You can. He said, uh, he said I will also sing with the understanding. Both. Understanding is, is make it plain. Otherwise, if you bless with the Spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen at your giving of thanks since he does not understand what you say? Stop right there. So you imagine they sit down to pray over the food and someone just stands up and prays in tongues over the food. And he said, if you don't understand what's going on, how's he going to say amen to what you said? But look what it says. For indeed... For you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edified. So what he, what's Paul saying is, come on guys, think about other people here. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet, in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding, but I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. Can you see the context? Paul's saying, how you handle this is the situation. He said, you just don't stand up in the, in the middle of a restaurant and pray loudly in the spirit over your food. You might be giving thanks well, but you freaked out the entire restaurant. <laughs> and no one's going to say amen at that. They're going like, to call the manager and have you removed. It's so it, it's, it's not, it, he said, the context. And he said, I'd rather stand up in the church and speak five words with my understanding than 10,000 in tongues. So they would speak in tongues and sit down. And Paul's saying, wrong move. No one understands what you're saying. So what he's saying is, so here people say, well, see, I'd rather speak five words with my understanding than 10,000 in tongues. The key phrase is, yet in the church. He didn't say in our, he said, I speak with tongues more than you all. He said, yet in the church. When I come to you, I'm in the church, I'm going to speak words you can understand. Does that make sense? So it's, it's a contextual thing. He said you have to look at the context. He said make sure that you do it in context. So here's the last one. Available for everyone. Well, I think, Alan, some people, God gives some people that gift and some people, they, they don't have that gift. Well, again, a lot of times here's what happens. People come and they ask to receive, and for whatever reason, maybe they're, they're experimenting, maybe they don't understand, maybe they don't know, maybe they don't have a basis for faith of just coming and receiving. Or maybe they never open their mouth and do this. And then they say, well, God didn't give it to me. So here's one of the things you, you ever want to do. You never want to again because it's available. And that's where people come up with all kinds of stuff like it's only available for some, it's not available for others. It's available for everybody. And so you don't see a distinction. Remember when Paul found that group of, of disciples at Ephesus, he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So he asked him that. He didn't say, well, did some of you receive the Holy Spirit? And for the ones of you that it's not designated for, did you not? Listen, wouldn't God want all of his children able to pray more, able to be empowered, able to be a witness, able to, to be a witness for, yeah, and remember, the power is to be a witness for Jesus. Don't you think God needs witnesses today? Yeah. That would be us, right? <laughs> that, 
That would be you. <laughs> that would be me. You are a witness in, in your world. You know that, right? Right. So wherever you go, people say, well, Alan, I need you to come. No, no, no. You're a witness. People are watching you. They don't trust me. They watch you. I'm a preacher. I already get, I get, listen, I can shut a party down in a heartbeat. I just walk in and people get religious quick. <laughs> I, we were doing a marriage conference one time and I got off the elevator. One of the couples that was with us, she was smoking. And she saw me and she put that cigarette behind her back. I just let her hold it for a while. She, she was cupping it in one hand. Smoke rising all up behind her. <laughs> I just let her wait till about burned her hand off. And I said, I said, you might want to do something with that ash. It's going to drop right in your hand. She's like, Pastor. It's like, I like darling smoking won't send you to hell. You might, you might, you might get there quicker than anyone else with it. It's not going to do it. Oh, Lord, where was I? <laughs> Available for everyone. Galatians 3, 13 to 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So we receive through faith. The blessing, the blessing of Abraham is the blessing of being made right with God and being put in right standing. Jesus took the curse for us. We don't have to take it, so we get the blessing. And uh, the, the, that's, that's not just receiving the Holy Spirit. That's all the inheritance that we have and all the blessings that we have. Man, we got it from him. It's wonderful. It involves healing. It involves wisdom. It involves strength. It involves enlightenment. It involves purpose. There's so many blessings that are available, and they're available to everyone who's in Christ. It's not just for preachers or just for a chosen few. We've got a God who's really, really good. So, so after, the, after the service, we're going to conclude. After the service, I'm going to have some of our staff and leaders up here. If you'd like to come and receive, just please come and receive. We, we don't, we don't, no, there's no organ music playing. We don't, we don't do any histronics. And so you're just welcome to come up here. If you don't want, you, know, you, can, you can slip out. But uh, thank, you for, thank you for being part of a long series, 12. We did 12 weeks of this. And um, that's, uh, <laughs> I thought, wow, that's a spiritual number. There's like 12 disciples and 12, yeah, no, 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 this one just went long, okay, but it, it's good. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for the, your gift, the helper. Thank you that we have help. We have help even beyond, Father, what we've even tapped into. So whether we've been walking with you for five minutes or 50 years, thank you. There's always more with you, and we appreciate that. Sends your bow and eyes are closed. If you came this evening and said, you know, and Alan, I appreciate you talking about the Holy Spirit, but I don't even know if I'm right with God at all, but I want to be. Or maybe you're like I was. I'd made a decision young, and then I walked away from the Lord, and you're sitting there tonight going, I know I'm, I'm, I'm away from God, but I want to come back. Well, good, we're going to say a prayer. And right where you are, sitting right in your chair, this is a prayer for you. So we're going to say that if you're watching online, you can pray this with us. If you're here and you say, Alan, that's me, would you pray for me? Would you, 
Would, I'm going to ask you to do this one thing. Would you just slip your hand up real quick and acknowledge it and say, Alan, would you pray for me? I want to make sure that I know that I'm right with God. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, gotcha. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Say, that's me. Yes, I see you in the back. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you. Appreciate your courage. All right. We're going to pray. Maybe you didn't lift your hand. You wanted to. But you, you listen, you can, you, can still, you can still jump in. This is a hard prayer. We're going to pray it with you as a church family. You're watching online, pray it out loud. If you're with others, pray it quietly to yourself. But pray this prayer. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I said yes to you. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer. For those who have come home, for those who have come back, we rejoice with them. We rejoice at your blessing. We'll be, we'll be thanking you throughout eternity. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.